just, we just say the prayer together, the Lord's Prayer. And preparing this, uh, I'll talk about this prayer, why the Lord would want us to say the prayer as our Father. Why did he not go like, just say it, my Father in heaven. He chose for us to go for our Father. Could have been very simple for him to say, you're doing a prayer, you'll be doing it in your room, anywhere you are, so you can go like, my Father in heaven. But the Lord says, this is the way you should pray. Our Father in heaven, give us. He is our Father. Amen? We all belong to one Father. And He is our Father. So me asking you to go around this morning to say hi to somebody that was done purposely. And I'm starting this sermon today by a challenge to you and me. I know we do it. I know we're here every Sunday. I'm not asking you to answer me. I want you to answer yourself the question I'm asking you now. You going around, you looking around you, you looking at people around you every Sunday here. How do you describe them as? Are they only people you attend with them a service on Sunday? Are they only people you fellowship with them every Sunday at MCC? Are they just Christians around you that believe in the same God that, that you do? Or do you remember the prayer above there? Our Father in heaven. Do you really see them as brothers and sisters? This is a deep question to us. Do you daily, whenever we meet together here, do you really see the person next to you as a brother or sister? If we don't, I think we might have to reconsider our thought process. Because he is our father. And if he is our father, he is, if he is a father to all of us, then automatically we need to see each other as a brother and sister. Nothing else. And you really need to Answer that question within you. 
And if we've never seen the person next to us as a brother and sister, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Because that will make a big difference in the way we live our Christian life. Definitely will make a big difference. It's a difference when you see somebody just like a fellow man or woman that attend the same church as me. A big difference than when you look at them like brother and sister. With that in mind, last week Tristan introduced a very well-known concept to our Christian doctrine, one another. He quoted Romans 12, 5, which says, we all belong to Jesus, so we all belong to each other. He went on to highlight the fact that it is true our relationship with one another that Jesus is active and made visible. Let me repeat that. It's true our relationship with one another that Jesus is made active and visible. That's important, isn't it? If we want Jesus to be known, if we want people to talk about Jesus, then the way we live our relationship will make him active and visible out there. Sometimes we feel like we need to shout Jesus, Jesus for him to be seen and known there. It's true what people can see in us, especially in our relationship. Just think about it. If we live a life of brotherhood and people can notice the out there that we are from different nationalities and different race, different background, people can see that. The only thing that will make a difference is that they will see the type of relationship we live, and that will make Jesus active and you make him visible. So one thing that characterizes all Christians who are part of the body, of this body, is the deep and inner transformation of who we are from the day we decided to say yes to him. There is a deep transformation. Anyone who's part of, of Jesus' body is a changed person who will continuously be subjected to further transformation in the life in order to become like himself. This transformation will be seen by people around us. 
they will be witnessing a metamorphosis that happened in our life. And Paul witnessed and was convinced of this type of changes in the church in Rome. He was so convinced that he felt the need to conclude his letter to the Roman like this. Roman 15, 14. I, myself, I am convinced, my brother and sisters, that you yourself are full of goodness, filled with the knowledge and competent to instruct one another. So this chapter and verse is the start of Paul's conclusion to his letter to the Romans believers. Paul starts by making a very strong, a strong statement. I myself, I am convinced. This is to show a total confidence he had in believers in Rome. I am convinced that you yourself are full of goodness. Goodness in this context, it is an idea of generosity, total generosity towards someone else. It may imply financial gift, but also suggest the giving of our time and energy to others. These are the way to show that we care and we show concern about others. So they are full of goodness, they are full of kindness. Here we need to understand one thing. Goodness is a product of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit, of the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And we must understand that we, as believers, we are commanded to be this. We are commanded to be full of goodness. In Galatians 6.20, the Bible says, So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially those to those who are of the household of faith. So we are commanded to be full of goodness. So they have this goodness about them. And Paul goes on to say, you are filled with all knowledge. Again, in this context, Paul was writing to them to understand the context here. Paul wrote to them at this stage, is written to them to something we can read from Romans 14. When he emphasized the issue between the strong and the weak. Romans 14.1 says, Accept the one who, whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable 
matters. And now he goes on to say, I am confident in you. You are filled with goodness and you are full of knowledge. So there has been these issues of weak and strong. Paul told them, if you read through that, he was, uh, he was trying to address these issues of strong and weak. At the end of that, in 15, Paul is telling now the Roman church, listen, I've said all of that, but now I, Paul, can tell you I have confidence in you. I trust you. I am convinced that everything I've said in verse 14, I'm convinced that you will not be living like that. You will not be treating the weak in a bad way. You will understand that even if people are weak around us, they need our support. So I'm convinced that you'll be living this way, looking after each other. So, this brings me to today's topic around our topic of one another. This is to instruct, to admonish one another. I am not good enough is probably the, common, the most common excuse we have for not doing things. I am not good enough. I can't do it because I'm not good enough. And as a Christian, we can use even Bible verse to back up this statement. I'm not good enough. Anyway, doesn't the Bible say in Romans 3.10, which says, no one is righteous. No, not one. Isaiah 64.6, all our good deeds are but filthy rags. We know that God's still working things in out in us and we don't have it all together. So, who are we to instruct someone else? We can't do good enough to be called good. So, who am I to instruct somebody else? I'm not good enough. I'm not doing it. But let me remind you one thing. Goodness is applied to us through what Jesus has done for us. Romans 3, 22-24 says, Righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely. So our goodness is not earned. It is bestowed. In fact, it is the fact that we are not good in and of ourselves 
that makes the gospel so great. We may have traded goodness for sin, but we receive it once again because of God's grace in Jesus. Goodness is applied to us through Jesus. So, in Christ, we are good enough. So there is no need for us to say, I can't do it because I'm not good enough. Another common excuse we tend to make for keeping us quiet is, I don't know enough. I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. Have you ever said that? I know a couple of people. We say that. I'm not, I don't know enough. We tend to think that in order to share something with someone in the church, we must be biblical scholars. We must read like Tristan. We must know all the book writer. We think that, isn't it? I'm not good. I can't, I can't share that. I, I don't know enough. But we know Jesus, and according to the Apostle Paul, we are full of goodness, true faith in Jesus Christ, and are filled with knowledge. Now, this doesn't mean that we know all things about everything. 2 Peter 1, 3 makes it clear. It's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So we don't know it all, but we have the one who knows it all. The church is filled with all knowledge required for life and godliness, through the work of the Holy Spirit and the testimony of the Holy Scriptures. Paul wrote to to Timothy saying, All scriptures is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for Heavy good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. So this means that as Christians, we have everything we need to help, another, uh, to help one another grow and change in order to become more like Jesus Christ. So if a person is having problem in the marriage, with the children, at home, at work, or all above, the church can help because we know the one who can provide the best help. We must be able to help people with problems because we know the one who can provide the best help. Who is he? Jesus. We know the Spirit that will lead us to remember the scriptures. And this 
scriptures teach us what we should be saying to people in order to help them. Our knowledge is not just some good idea that we have or someone else had. Our knowledge comes through the Holy Spirit and it is rooted in the word of God. So when it comes to our growth in Christ, it is the intention of God that we people will learn from each other. And, the, and really the only thing that we must give to one another is Jesus. Jesus is what separates us from everyone else. It is the one thing, the best thing that we have and that we can give. There are a lot of non-profit and charitable groups that can inspire us to good deeds. Mental health organizations that can help us to deal with mental health issues. We can sign up for seminars to handle our finances, our homes, or care. But the family of God is meant to be a place where we not only serve one another, but we teach and build one another in Jesus. So we need to be able to instruct, to admonish one another. Proverb 19, 27 says to us, Stop listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the word of knowledge. Anyone who stops listening to teaching or instruction will stray from the word of knowledge. In Christ, we are full of goodness and knowledge so that we can instruct. In fact, this is crucial and very essential for our life in Christ. Think about this. When your car breaks down, who do you go to see? Just imagine Simon having a problem with his truck. And he comes all the way down. Olivier, my truck is a problem. Can you fix it? It wouldn't make sense. Would it? No sense. Yeah. He wouldn't come to a doctor to fix the truck issues. We will go and see a mechanic. Why? Because he knows that, you know, the work of a doctor is not to fix trucks, is, is to look after patients. And this principle is the same in our spiritual life. When we need help in our, our spiritual life and when we have problem working with Christ, where do we go? Surely we have different options. 
We can go to a friend. We can go to a co-worker, classmate, neighbor. But we don't, wouldn't be make more sense if we go to see those who are full of goodness and filled with the knowledge in Christ because they have the word of God that will help us and enable us to understand our situation. So, it is important for us to continue to teach one another, to build one another up in order to help each other to become more like Christ. And that cannot stop until Christ comes back. You know why? How many times have you been through a situation and you completely forget what the word of God says about it? When we are stressed, when we are emotional, sometimes it is very difficult to remember even the very basic in the word of God. You need somebody else to tell you. Oh, please, remember, this is the word of God. This is what the word of God says about this situation. And all of us need this. There are many of us who close themselves to any teaching or instruction. The only thing that they will listen to is the one coming from Tristan, Olivier, or Helen, because, because they're meant to know, to know more. Maybe, but is that true? Let's think about the other way around. Please, let me tell you the truth. Much as you need us, to tell you something about the word of God as much as we need you to tell us. Yeah, think about how many people will want Tristan to, to speak to them. But do we sometimes think about the other way around? He needs somebody to tell him, Jesus is with you. Jesus looks after you. And he needs first to start here with us. We need each other. Don't assume that because this is a pastor, this is an elder, or this is a leader, they wouldn't want or need a word of wisdom. And this family at MCC, we feel like there is a need for us to be building each other up, regardless of the function, regardless of our title. That's not the most important. The key is all of us recite the same prayer, our Father in heaven. 
not I am a pastor, I've got a special prayer that Jesus has given to me. No, all of us, our Father in heaven, and all of us, as Paul has said here, we are full of goodness and filled with knowledge. And you know what? I'm confident to say that. Because the knowledge is not about us. It's the knowledge of the word of God. Here in the Bible. There the challenge. We need to be filled. The only way you can do that is through here. What we need in church is not our scientific knowledge. What we need in church is the knowledge of the word of God. And what we can give to each other can only come from the word of God. Our counseling to each other should come from the word of God. One thing is certain. If we can do that, we'll be a church that looks after one another. If we can start it here, this will impact even our way of living with other people who are part of this body of Christ, as, Christ, uh, as Tristan said last week. Don't, we shouldn't make, we shouldn't really make that mistake of thinking that the body of Christ stops here at MCC. When we recite the prayer there, our Father in heaven, somebody in Congo far away said the same prayer. Is calling the same God our Father, which means even where they are, they still our brother and sister. Why? Because we have the same father. The implications are profound. If we've got this attitude and this desire to instruct each other, what would happen? We'd be comfortable to confess to one another. I am not a good person. But Christ is and he loves me. Please help me to become more like him. Because if we know that I can teach somebody, we know as well that somebody can teach me. But the difficulty from time to time, people will move away from this type of teaching Christ is requiring from us to feel like they need to control people. They need to tell people what they should be doing. That's not what Christ or Paul is on about here. The instruction here is about looking after one another in a loving way. 
brother, can you consider this aspect of your life? Anything done in a loving way will not find resistance. But sometimes is the way we come across when we approach each other. Sometimes we come across like people who know more than others. We need to look after each other with love. And this body of Christ, there is nowhere else we can go to be taught properly because those who have the word of God that we need are here with us. They are the one we should be called brother and sister. And the family of God is a family of love. Are we ready to support each other with love through teaching or instruction as Paul recommends us in this passage today? And if we are, how do we do it? The only best way to do it is to do it like Jesus, is to do it with love. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you this morning for your to done. Yes, Lord, you allow yourself to call us people of goodness and filled with knowledge. Lord, we recognize that the only way we can be called that is through what you've done at the cross. We can be called good. There is no doubt. Because we have you, we are good people. Good because of Christ in us. And Lord, help us to apply this in our daily life. We are filled with knowledge. And these attributes allow us to look after each other, to instruct each other with love. Lord, we pray that this will be our daily preoccupation to think about bringing a word of encouragement, a word of correction, a word of support. And all of this should be done like you, Jesus Christ, in love. So we ask and call upon you today, Lord, as we want to remind ourselves that we are a body. We are in one another in a body, that the body of Christ, Lord, we call you. Help us. Help us, O oh Jesus Christ, not to find excuses type, I am not good enough. I don't know enough. Lord, we want you to, under, to help us understand that it is our duty to look after each other. There is nowhere else we can go and find the word of life. The word of life is in you, Jesus Christ. And help us as a brother and sister to remind each other that you are the king of kings. You are the Jesus who died for us.
and who love us. In Jesus' name, amen.